Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. I hope you're still with me at Church Online after all of that, and uh, glad to have you today. Uh, I am beginning this new series. I I know we're going to take it through Easter. It's possible. I'm going to pick it back up after Easter. I've never done that, but i got a lot to preach to you, and so uh, I'm not going to try to squeeze it all in. If I don't get to it all, then we'll come back after Easter, and I'll bring it to you. And we're going to talk about kingdom code. You know, there's a lot of talk today about culture. And, and, and what's going on in culture, in cancel culture, and the cancel culture that canceled Dr. Seuss. Come on, somebody. And culture. And, 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 but, but I want you to hear this. I'm not teaching in this series. I'm not telling you I won't. But I'm not, I'm not teaching about the, the culture like going to hell in a handbasket. Come on, everybody. Like, not that kind of culture. But I do want to teach about culture in this series. Culture is a set of beliefs. It's a set of ideas. It's some values, some practices, some behaviors that a group of people decide this is who we're going to be and this is how it's going to be in our group. And then that group has a culture. Your family has a culture. Your marriage has a culture. Everything has a Texas has its own culture. That's part of it. Bearded men yelling out, whoop! That's, that's part of it. <laughs> I'm not from Texas. Uh, Originally, I'm from the Deep South, but I got here about 10 years ago, and I remember moving here, the culture shock it was, because nobody loves Texas like Texans. Not the Texans. No one loves the Texans, but... uh, Sidebar. Nobody loves Texas like... Like Texans do. And I remember that I didn't know some cultural things. This is a true story, Scott. When I first got here, Brandy and I, we moved to Austin uh, when we first moved to Texas, serving a great church in South Austin. And uh, I remember driving down to San Antonio and I went downtown to the River Center. And uh, we, luckily, we didn't get shot. And I went downtown to the River Center to the mall there, and there's an IMAX. And they played the movie The Alamo. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Brandy made me watch it so that I would be. This is true. She literally made me watch it so I would know what to say and how not to get shot in Texas. That's a true story. Because I didn't know. I had to learn. It's got its own culture. I had to learn the text. Y'all got your own pledge to your own flag. Nobody pledges the Arkansas flag, okay? Nobody does that. Matter of fact, we canceled the Arkansas flag. <laughs> Y'all got a pledge to it. It's got its own culture. I had to learn to like brisket. I didn't know, I don't know, I still don't know where the brisket is on a cow. I don't want to know. Don't tell me, by the way. I, I grew up eating pulled pork. I mean, that was, that was barbecue to me. And then I got here and realized, you don't do that. When you say barbecue, you mean brisket. Come on, somebody. And... I had to learn the, the culture. I had to learn to love it. I had to learn, I still don't know why, but I had to learn to love tamales at Christmas. Yeah. Speaking of which, I love tamales anytime. All of y'all screaming, <laughs> bring a brother some tamales anytime. <laughs> it's Christmas all year, you know. 
I had to learn there's a culture to Texas. Are you with me, everybody? There's a culture. When you move here, you got to learn the code. You got to learn. If you're from here, it just comes natural to you. But if you're not from here, you got to learn it. You got to be taught. You got to be warned. That's why you, I mean, you just got to be, everything's got a culture. When you're dating somebody, where's all the dating people at? Come on, raise your hand if you're just dating, if you're trying to date, if you'd like to date at some point. If you're, when you're date, you know, when you're dating somebody, you know, and you take them home to meet your parents for the very first time, and you're in the driveway, and he puts the car in park, turns it off, and he's about to reach for the door handle, and you stop him. And you say, I need to talk to you about my daddy. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I need to warn you about what's about to happen when you walk in here. I need to tell you about what not to say to set my mama off. I need to, t- I need to, I need to warn you not to make fun of the cowboys. I need to tell you there's a, cult, there's a set of rules in this house Some of them are unspoken, some of them are spoken, but it's our culture. It's the way we behave. It's just how things work. Are you with me, everybody? Texas has one. Your family has one. Listen, and the kingdom of God has its own culture. It has its own set of behaviors and values and rules. And I want to preach to you about those rules and behaviors and values. This is a value kind of series. You want to know what the kingdom of God is all about? You want to know what kingdom living is all about? You want to know what it's like to be a kingdom person? That's what this series is going to teach you, I hope, over the next several weeks. First thing i got to tell you is that you and I are citizens of another kingdom. Say amen to that. If you're a believer today, if you put your faith in Jesus today, giving your whole life to God, you are a citizen of another kingdom. I was born here, listen, but I was born again there. You didn't catch that, so I'll say it again. I was born in southeast Arkansas. Thank you very much. But I was born again into the kingdom of God. Now listen, here's what that means. That means I was born again into another family that has a whole different culture. And I can't keep blaming the culture I was born into when I've been born again into a different culture. Let me say it better this way. Christianity supersedes the culture you were raised in. Let me, let, me, let me tell you like this. Well, my daddy always had an, uh, an alcohol problem, so I guess it just comes natural to me. No, it doesn't come natural anymore because when you were born again, you got a new father, and your father doesn't have an alcohol problem. When you were born again, your father, you didn't come from a broken family. You were born again into a family that's whole and healed and put together. Can I get a better amen? You didn't come from a long line of divorce. I was born again into a family that God heals and restores. Are you with me? Say amen. That's why I don't believe in generational curses after you were born again. When you got born again, you buried all the curse the enemy had in Jesus' name. And when you come up out of that water, you were born again. And there's only generational blessing in this family. Say amen to that. Oh, I I got more to preach, but I'm going to back off for y'all. Just for y'all. It's got its own culture. It's got its own code. It's I'm, I'm not from here. I'm from a different kingdom. Philippians 3 and 20 says it like this, but our citizenship 
is in everybody shout heaven. Our citizenship. I love how Paul would write this to the Philippian church. Our citizenship. The church in Philippi is under Roman rule like most of Judea there. It has different influences, Greek influences, Roman influences. But Paul is writing to the the Christians in Philippi and he says, Hey, just remember, our first allegiance is not to whoever is occupying the White House. My first uh, allegiance is to heaven. Say amen to that. We're citizens of another heaven, of another, of another place. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there. Everybody say, from there. Amen. Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, transforms you. It transforms our lowly bodies so that we'll be like His glorious body. As a citizen of heaven, listen close, we have a different culture and a different code that is unique to us. Now, I'm not telling you not to be patriotic and not to love your country. I think you ought to. I think you ought to love America as, with all the flaws, with all the problems, with all the direction. This is still the greatest country God ever put on planet earth. Shout a big amen to that, everybody. You ought to fly your flag. You ought to stand for the pledge. You ought to be proud of who we are. Say amen to that. But my first allegiance is not to whoever's in the White House. My first allegiance is whoever owns this house. It's God's house. My allegiance is to the kingdom of God. And it has its own code and its own way of doing things. Like Chick-fil-A, God's perfect chicken. I always like to preach about Chick-fil-A on Sundays because they're closed. And I'm going to make you want it and you can't get it today. <laughs> what you get. Uh, spicy, that's exactly right. I love to get my order and to go and to order it on my app. That's something over the last year I've, I've grown to do and I'm getting my points up. Come on, somebody. And, and I lo- I'm almost gold status. I'm re- red status. I'm really happy about this. Anyways, so I, I, I order. I order my number two, my spicy with a large fry and large sweet tea and Polynesian sauce and Chick-fil-A sauce. And I, and, I, and I always, I told them the other day, I always tell them I'm here before I actually get there. Because I want them to start working on it before I get there. You know what I'm talking about. And I pull in and I got my flashers. I did it yesterday. True story. And I, and I, I they, they come out and look, here come, here she comes. She comes out to them and, and she hand, and Mitch and I say, yes, that's me. I'm happy. This is my turn. Yeah. I win this down. She hands me my number two in my life. And thank you, Sarah. And when I say thank you, Sarah, she says, you ever gone to Burger King and tried to get a Whopper and ask what they say when you say thank you, Sarah? (laughs) Nothing. Them jokers throw that Whopper at you. That's what they do. (laughs) Nobody says my pleasure at Burger King. It's not their pleasure. They hate to be there. It's not, there's no pleasure in it whatsoever. Why did you know what they said? It's their culture. They have code. They have something that they've developed that everybody knows. When I go to Chick-fil-A, I ought to expect everything I ask is my pleasure. Everything I ask is my pleasure. There's a code that's all to themselves. Look at me in the eyes. There ought to be a code that the world starts to expect from us that's unique to us. That the only people who treat people like this, talk like this, walk like this, look like this... Pray like this, believe like this, live like this. There's a code to the kingdom. Say amen to that. 
There's a code. The disciples of Jesus, the citizens of heaven, we just have a way of doing things. And it's different than the rest of the world. We forgive our enemies. That's very different than the rest of the world. We pray for people who despitefully use us. That's very different than the rest of the world. We serve the poor and the broken and the forgotten and the hurting and the lost. And we don't expect anything in return. That's very different than the rest of the world. We pray first about everything. And then we ask God what we should do with our lives. And we follow the Holy Spirit's leading in that decision. And that's different than the rest of the world. Are you still there? We turn the other cheek when somebody offends us. We respond in kindness, not cussing. Are you there? And that's different than the rest of the world. We give the first 10% of our income back to God. And he blesses the remaining 90% of what I have. And that's different than the rest of the world. We have faith for miracles. We believe God for the impossible. And we expect God to move in our life. And that's different than the rest of the world. We are peacemakers, not troublemakers. We are peacemakers, not troublemakers, and that's different than the rest of the world. We protect our minds and our bodies because we're the temple of the Holy Ghost, and that's different than the rest of the world. We bring other people along with us. We confess our sins one to another. We're accountable to each other. We pray for each other, and that's different than the rest of the world. Write this down. You can't make a difference if you aren't different. You can't make a difference if you aren't different. There has to be something about you, about my life, about the way we live and conduct our lives that's different. We have to learn how to set culture instead of reflecting culture. Say amen to that. We've got to learn how to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. A thermometer walks into every situation and says, what's going on here? What's the temperature? Tell me what the temperature. Are we mad at something? Am I offended about something? Tell me what I'm offended about. Tell me, everybody tell me what I'm supposed to be angry about. Whose side are we supposed to be on, Mike? Just tell me. I'll get on anybody's side. Just tell, whatever the temperature of the room is. But a thermostat walks in the room and says, hey, this is what the temperature is going to be. I don't really care what it is you think. I'm going to be light and salt and hope and love. I'm not going to let what you think determine what I do. Come on, let's be thermostats and not thermometers in our culture. Let's decide. I'm going to set the temperature of the room in my office. I'm going to set the temperature of the room in my family. I'm going to set the temperature of the room in my culture. Are you with me, everybody? Like Daniel in the Old Testament, Daniel lives through four empires. He is in captivity first in Babylon, and then he's taken over by three different empires after Babylon takes over and he is in uh, he's in high places of position in four different empires and in every single one of them none of them hebrew none of them serve the living god but in all of them he has influence how he doesn't walk into every culture and curse the darkness he walks into every culture and shines the light 
And we're in a, listen, we're in a unique season of our society where Christians believe it's our job to curse all the darkness around us. It is not your job to correct every injustice in the world. It is our job to shine the light brighter so that people realize there's a difference there. There's something about them. There's some, I want what they have. They don't have to tell me how wrong I am. Every time they get around, I realize, man, there's something just different about them. I, the way they talk to their wives are different. The way they treat their husbands are different. The way they spend their money is different. The way they talk about their time is different. There's just, I, I didn't, Daniel didn't walk in and say Babylonians you're all going to hell he walked into every culture shining a brighter light Daniel had some exceptional qualities that caused the world to take notice he was an ambassador for a different kingdom you and I are ambassadors of another kingdom this is not I'm not here to represent me. I'm not here to represent my ideas. I'm not here to represent my thoughts. Somebody asked me in, in the course of this last year, Pastor, what's your opinion about fill in the blank? Pastor, what's your opinion about? I, they'll send me emails, not y'all, but people who come to the other service. I can't wait to say that next week. Next week. But Pastor, what's your opinion? I noticed you didn't make a statement about this. Can I go? Let me make a statement about making statements. You don't have to make a statement about everything. Every time the devil holds a press conference, you don't have to show up. I thought I'd tell you that. Pastor, what's, your, what, what's the church's position on? What's your opinion about? I, this has become my answer over the last 12 months. I'm just being honest. And it will be my answer heretofore. So get ready in case you want to know my opinion. What does it matter what my opinion is? I'm not here for my opinion. I'm here representing another kingdom. I'm here representing another law. I'm here representing somebody else. My opinion doesn't matter on this subject. This is the only opinion that matters on this subject. And my life is subject to this opinion. Are you with me, everybody? My opinion doesn't matter. I'm just an ambassador. 2 Corinthians 5 says it like this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And God is making His appeal through us. Probably one of the most convicting scriptures in all of the New Testament. That we are God's ambassadors. We're Christ's ambassadors. God is reaching the world through us. God is reaching the the world. He's making his appeal. We implore you. How? Not on my behalf. On Christ's behalf. I'm not here representing me. I'm here representing my home country. I'm working here. I'm living in a foreign country. But I represent another country. My, My home is really in heaven. I'm just temporarily here. Are you with me everybody? I'm representing, uh, I'm representing another land. I'm a representative of heaven. I may be here, but I'm from there. I may be here, but I'm from there. And I exercise the authority of that kingdom and not this kingdom. Amen. Let me say it like this. When an ambassador comes into a foreign country, they're representing the leadership of the country they come from. When, when, when President Biden sends an ambassador to Israel, an ambassador to Jordan, an ambassador to Mozambique, when he sends an ambassador, they're not there on their own accord. They're there representing the policies, procedures, thoughts, ideas 
of President Biden. Are you with me, everybody? They represent the kingdom they come from. They represent the country that they come from. And every time I walk into every situation, I'm not here representing me. I'm here representing the kingdom that sent me. And I don't come in my own authority. I come in the authority of the kingdom that sent me. That's why when you pray, that's why everything we do, that's why when we baptize you, that's why when we lay hands on the sick, that's why when we pray for miracles, we don't just pray in the name of Scott or in the name of Mike or in the name of Mitch. Every time I pray, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name is not abracadabra. In Jesus' name says, hey, sickness, just so you know, I'm not here representing me. I'm here representing another kingdom. And I'm coming in his name. And in his name, sickness has to go. I'm praying in the name of the king I represent. Say amen to that. Because countries have presidents. But kingdoms have a king. You and I are ambassadors of the king. Write this in your notes. We are the ambassadors. And this is the embassy. It's why church is so important. It's why I got to tell you, a year later, we got to get back to church. Churches have to open. Every church in America ought to be open today in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, it ought to be open. I'm, I'm, I just put me on record. Go ahead. If you want to know, this is the official statement. Every state, every county, every city, every country, every church in America should have their, their doors open wide. And every person who calls himself a believer ought to be at church. Why? Because I'm an ambassador to an ungodly world. And this is the embassy. This is the embassy. Do you know if you're in a foreign country and you get in trouble, Jeremy, do you know what you can do? You can run to the nearest American embassy. And when you get inside the doors of the American embassy, the consulate, do you know where you are? You're technically on American ground, on American soil. You're on American territory. Even though you may be in Hungary, you're on American territory. You're on American ground. Listen to me. And when you get into church, the reason why it's so important for you to be in church is it doesn't really matter what hell's happening out there. When I run into the embassy and I get here I'm on heaven's territory I'm in the kingdom I'm in the kingdom countries have presidents but kingdoms have kings and kings don't get voted into office kings don't get voted into office kings Rule absolutely. In the kingdom, your opinion doesn't matter. In the kingdom, write this down. Your purpose is to serve the purpose of the king. In the kingdom, your purpose is to serve the purpose of the king. You don't get to vote for the king. You don't have to like the king. He doesn't get a consensus about his policy. You can't recall the king. It's an absolute monarchy. And Jesus is the reigning king. Can I get a better amen? I said Jesus is the reigning king. And when you receive salvation from God, you've received from the king. And you submit to the kingship 
of Jesus. This is not somewhere every four years we get to decide who's in charge now. What political party gets to decide. No, no, no. In the kingdom, there's only one king. And there always will be one king. And his name is Jesus. And we surrender and submit to the king. This has always been God's plan. Come play so they think I'm quitting. It's always been God's plan for his people. Listen. It's always been God's plan for there to be a different kingdom. So the children of Israel are in captivity in Egypt. You know this story. They've been there 400 years. God calls Moses a type of Christ. And he says to Moses, you're going to be the deliverer. Literally in Hebrew, the word is Messiah. He's a type of Christ to the church. Moses wrestles with God. He tells God all the reasons why I can't do and I just can't. You don't understand. I stutter and I'm not good at it. And I killed a guy and I've been, I've been in the desert for 40 years. And it's been a long time since I really did anything like this. And God says, no, you're the man. You're the one. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh, the, the king of Egypt. And he tells him, God says to let my people Go and Pharaoh laughs, and you know the story. Plagues start coming. Nothing will, I don't know why it took uh, killing the firstborn. When you got to frogs, come on, brothers out, okay? I'm out. If there's frogs all over my bed, I'm out. You're good. You can go, okay? Y'all can go. Pharaoh didn't listen. You know the story the blood is put on the doorpost. The, the, the death angel passes by. The children of Israel leave Egypt, cross through the Red Sea. It's a type of water baptism. They cross through the Red Sea. They start dealing with the issues of their lives. You can be out of Egypt and Egypt not be out of you. That's why you need a small group. That's why you need people to confess and pray and find freedom with. And, they, and, and they've been traveling there Three months. Three months. Three months to the day, honestly. And God tells Moses, tell the people I want to meet with them. And so Moses tells all the people, God says he wants to meet with us, but none of you can come. <laughs> I got to go up to the mountain by myself. And, but all of you can see it, and, 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 and it's, going to be, it's going to be crazy, and there's going to be lightning and smoke and that's exactly what happens. First day of the third month, they leave. All the children of Israel at the base of Mount Sinai. And Moses goes up the mountain. There's smoke and lightning and thunder. God passes by. And Exodus 19 says it like this. Exodus 19 and 5. God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel, Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant... Then, out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. I love that language. And although, I love how God does this. Now listen, God doesn't have favorites, but there's just something about you. There's just something about the people of God. And God said, out of all of the, the whole earth is mine, but you 
you're going to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God said, I'm going to call you out. It starts with a covenant. Covenants always go like this. If you, then I. If you, then I. If you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then I take you as a people. Take you as my treasured possession. I have a little girl. She's nine years old. She loves, 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 loves baby dolls. I love how she loves babies. And for Christmas, her mama and I, or as I like to refer to us, Santa and Mrs. Claus, got her a reborn baby doll. Do you know what a reborn baby doll is? Not like a saved baby doll. (laughs) I don't mean that. This thing's anything but saved. A reborn baby, look it up, it'll freak you out. A reborn baby doll is handcrafted to look like a real baby. Have you seen this? Don't. You won't sleep tonight. But it's true. She lines them up at night along the wall. Brother, wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I will almost meet Jesus when this little thing's staring at me. Little Chucky doll looking thing. The other day on Fridays, we spend together as a family. She had a little car seat. She put her baby in it. I said, baby, you can't take your baby everywhere. Tears filled her eyes immediately. She said, daddy, this is my baby. Now, you can laugh. You can do whatever. Don't. I'd rather her be into baby dolls than... Anyway. It's her treasured possession. And she carries it everywhere. And she protects it. And she holds it. (laughs) And it's special to her. Eric, in in, in just a few months, you'll know it's just there's something different about it's treasured, it's special. And God said, I don't want you, I love everybody, but I want you to be special. I want to carry you around. When the world's falling apart, I want to cover you when you don't know which way to go. I want to take you for myself. I want you to be my treasured possession. I want you to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, I just had to give you a foundation today. I want to preach to you about kingdom living. I want you to start walking like the priest and the priestess unto God that you are. I want you to carry yourself like the priest of the Most High God. I want you to live your life in a way that God protects you, carries you, treasure. This is my treasured possession. This is the, I love everybody. He said the whole earth is mine. But man, there's something about this kingdom. I really love this kingdom. That's why Jesus taught us to pray like this in Luke 11. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. God, I'm not trying to live like me. I'm trying to live like you. 
Jesus, I'm not trying to walk through this life in my own strength and authority and power. I'm trying to walk through this life as a kingdom citizen. God, I don't want my opinions, my thoughts, my reactions, my actions to be me. I want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And over the next four, five, six weeks, however long we preach in this vein, I want you to pray this prayer every day. I want you to wake up and pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Let it come in my home and let your kingdom come in my marriage. Let your kingdom come on my job. Let your kingdom come with my children and my relationships. Let your kingdom come in my church. My prayer in this church in 2021 is, God, let it be like the kingdom. If the kingdom's unified, let our church be unified. If the kingdom's diverse, let our church be diverse. If the kingdom's multi-generational, let our church be multi-generational. If the kingdom's full of worship, let our church be full of worship. If the kingdom's founded on Jesus, let our church be a Jesus-only, Jesus-centric, Jesus-in-the-center kind of church. I want to be kingdom. How do I do it? i got to give you. I called the, the music. It's my fault, Jonathan. Let me give you four ways I want you to pray. Write these applications down and we'll pray. As we dive in the next couple of weeks, what, what do I do? How do I unlock the code? How do, how do I live out kingdom values? Number one, work on yourself. Work on yourself. Take your, you ever do this in the back seat? You, <laughs> yeah, I've got a little brother. And, and we didn't have bucket seats. All y'all rich people had bucket seats, whatever. We had to bench, okay? And so we would sit close together. And mama would yell in the back seat, you boys better separate. And I would, I would put my hand like this and I would, this is my half. You ever do that? You ever do that? Your kids ever do that? Do it right now. Just look at me. You're not here to fix them. I'm here to work on me. Are you there? I'm not here to fix them. I'm not here to correct them. I'm not here to tell them how wrong they are. I'm going to spend the next several weeks working on me. Where's my attitude? Where's my values? Where's my, where, where, where's my head? Where's my mind? Work on yourself. You're the greatest asset to your spiritual life or the greatest liability to your spiritual life. Work on you. Number two, Work on your priorities. I started this message by telling you, I think we've gotten out of whack. Work on your priorities. John Maxwell, the great leadership expert, says, no one can manage time. Everybody has the same amount. You can't manage it. You can only manage your priorities. How I spend my time. Just manage, just work on my priorities. Is God first? Is God's house first? Is God's kingdom first? I want you to fight. Listen to me. I want you to fight for the ultimate, not for the urgent. I want you to fight for the ultimate. We're in a culture 
who is fighting for the urgent. Every new urgent thing. While we're in church, there's going to be something new urgent come across your phone that somebody's offended by, somebody's worried about, somebody's... We have been fighting for a solid year, the urgent. Oh, what are the numbers doing? Oh, what's the, oh, what's the death rate? What's, what's, where's the hospital numbers today? And we keep watching the urgent. And we've sacrificed the ultimate. I want you to fight for priorities. Number two, work on your strengths. Work, um, number three, work in your strengths. Work in your strengths. Only you can reach the potential God has for you. You don't have to, do, you don't have to be somebody else. You just got to be everything God created you to be. I want you, as we launch a second service, I want you to work in your strengths. If you've never been to Growth Track, I want you to go today and work in your strengths. We'll help you. We'll help the, the light bulb come on to discover and maybe uncover how God could have designed you and, and how, that can, how that can translate into purpose in your life, that God has something for you to do with your whole life. Work in your strength. And then here's the last one, and we'll pray. Work with others. Work with others. You, you need other people. You can't be effective alone. Jesus never promised to have a holy person. He promised to have a holy people. Are you there? He never promised to have a holy person. He promised a holy people. You need others. You need, we need each other. Next Sunday in two services, we need each other. Bring somebody. Easter Sunday, fill the house. We need each other. Get in a small group this week. It's not too late. They've, they've been going through four weeks. It's okay. We designed our groups where you can jump right in right where you are. Just we need each other. Get on a team today. We need each other. Get to church next week with your whole family. We need each other. Amen, everybody. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, everybody? Amen. Come on, bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the presence of the Lord that's in the room. I thank you for hearts that were touched today. I thank you for your presence that's uh, here even now. God, I thank you for God's word that I'm a kingdom citizen. Father, I just declare that over every person in the room. Come on, receive this today. That we're not from here. I was born here, but I was born again into a different kingdom. And in that kingdom, I'm whole and I'm healed. And in that kingdom, there's joy and peace. In that kingdom, there's forgiveness and wholeness and healing. In that kingdom, where I come from, my family lineage is not near as important as where I'm going. In that kingdom, my past is buried in the blood of Jesus the King. My future is bright because God has good plans for me. In that kingdom, there's generational blessing. I'm prophesying to somebody. In that kingdom, there's generational blessing that starts with you and passes down to your children and grandchildren. You can have a successful family tree. doesn't matter where you come from. You were born again into a different kingdom. In that kingdom, there's hope. When the world is full of hell, there's hope. There's joy in that kingdom. There's freedom in that kingdom from addictions and hurt and pain. I was born again into a different kingdom. Father, I pray give us that kingdom perspective. And if you've never been born again into that kingdom, you can do that today. 
today. It's as simple as a prayer. You say, Pastor, is it easy? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. It costs you your whole life. You you got to give up this kingdom, but you inherit that one. You got to let go of all of this stuff, but you get all of heaven. And if you've never prayed a surrender prayer, if you've never been born again, you can start today. It happens just like this. I can pray it with you. I can't pray it for you. So everybody praying in your own way. Dear Jesus, I believe you're the king. I believe you died for my sins. I believe they buried you. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're ruling and reigning now in heaven. I need forgiveness of my sins. I repent. Cleanse me, wash me, make me brand new today. God, I need to be born again. I need to be made whole. I need a new family. So I receive forgiveness and grace and mercy today from that kingdom. Come on, this is the part. Ready? And I commit my whole life to you. I make you king of my heart, king of my emotions, king of my desires, king of my dreams, king of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.